atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for July the 15th in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. I hope you had an absolutely delightful weekend. I certainly did. Back to hard-hitting work six days a week on your radio. LibertyRoundTable.com, two hours a day, six days a week on the Sabbath. We rest. Appropriately so. Saturday, quick recap of the show. Sam sounds off on and catches up on literally three weeks of hard-hitting news. It was indeed the news the networks refused to use. Liberty Roundtable Live, three weeks in review. First hour, it went into the second hour as well. Man, it was two hours to catch up on three weeks of news. Acosta stepping down as Labor Secretary amidst scrutiny of the handling of the Epstein deal. We talked about all that. We talked about, you know, Donald really kind of took a beating in the last three weeks for the news on a constitutional point of view. I know he's done a lot of good in America, and I'm grateful for that, no doubt. But he's also making some massive missteps, and uh, missteps according to the Constitution. And sadly, you know, Donald's doing the best he can, folks, but it's hard to understand how to protect a constitutional republic. It's hard not to run around and promote a democracy. Like Donald's been doing. He just doesn't know better, folks. He's been indoctrinated for how old is he? 75 plus years old. Okay. He's been indoctrinated that long to promote a democracy. And the poor guy just can't overcome the indoctrination that he's experienced his whole life. Uh, We have a constitutional republic, not a democracy. And I appreciate what Donald's trying to do. He's trying to deal with a very, very difficult swamp. There's no doubt about it. Uh, But he's making some massive missteps. He's way too hawkish even against what he ran on the campaign trail under, uh, because he's surrounded by really uh, enemies of the people, in my opinion, deep state operatives virtually at every level. And I'm not here to attack Donald as much as I am to highlight the constitutional direction that we need to take. Uh, and, and I'm here to, to really double down in deliverance of the supreme law of the land and in the principles that let that law shine to let the checks and balances of the greatest country on the face of the earth become evident as a light on a hill for the world to see. And one other misstep in addition to calling our country a democracy over and over and over, uh, when the reality is we're 50 constitutional republics bound together by a dual sovereignty idea that a very narrowly defined constitution was derived, put in place by those republics, and delegated granted for the United States. But the federal government only has very defined and limited responsibilities under that dual sovereignty understanding. And the second government steps out of that delegated, limited responsibility, supreme document. It's a rogue agent, folks. And that's part of the problem we face today. But when we have people at the helm that don't understand it, they run around calling it a democracy. We don't have a democracy, folks, at all. Never have, never will. We pray. Democracy and socialism are really two sides of the same coin, which is eventually tyrannical communism. Okay, 
We have a check and balance rule of law republic under God. That's right. God's the helm, not government. So that's a huge mistake by the president. The other major mistake the president made is he, he doubled down in defense of fiat currency. And he literally said the U.S. fiat dollar is the best currency around the world. It's the strongest. It's going to stay that way forever. And anything else, including these um, cryptocurrencies, are all bogus. The only fake currency that's good and real is the dollar. He didn't say it like that. He just legitimately made you believe the dollar was the way to go. <clears throat> My problem is um, he needs to research uh, honest money. He needs to understand and consult the supreme law of the land. And he needs to return us to honest constitutional currency. Uh, anyway, that was a huge mistake by the Donald, the biggest mistake I've ever seen him make in my life. All right, without further ado, that is a recap of the broadcast that took uh, place Friday. And in my opinion, one of the most important summaries uh, of even the last three weeks, we covered a lot of news. That wasn't the only story, but that is my takeaway uh, of importance. We need to understand and embrace honest money. Without further ado, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, riding shotgun today. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me, Sam. Good to be with you. All right. What do you think of my summary? Shame on the Donald. Well, yeah, excellent summary. I love it. And uh, spot on. And uh, I agree. You know, he could he could get out of this mess he's in if he, if he simply would. I mean, if he had the, you know, the courage and the, uh, the, the knowledge, you know, part of, part of his problem is that he's somewhat ignorant of the problems you just described. And. And it takes, you know, it takes a lot of years, you know. You and I have been in this uh, fight for a lot of years, and, and, and we're, you know, finally beginning to understand it. And so I, I'm not blaming him for, uh, for uh, you know, not trying. I think he has the right instincts. But, boy, it would be so helpful if he would listen to, uh, you know, the right people. If he would listen to your Liberty Roundtable show once in a while, it would be a big help to him. Yes, indeed. And Kurt wisely pointed out that, you know what, the real dollar – is the constitutional gold and silver dollar. We make silver eagles to this very day. Uh, they mint them at the United States Treasury. It does say 2019. It is a silver eagle, and it does say $1. And basically, it's one tray ounce of silver. Uh, Kurt's right about the real dollar. I just don't think that's what Donald was talking about. But Kurt's point's well taken. And uh, there you go. All right, let's talk about political leadership school really quick, sir. It's coming up. It's uh, less than two weeks away now. One more Saturday followed, following this coming Saturday, and this, it will be here, folks. This is the political leadership school you have always wanted to attend. And even if you have attended in the past, you need a refresher course, you know, then come to this school, Simeon Sandy, Sandy, Utah, July 27th. That's Saturday from 9 to 530. It's an all-day affair. Lunch is included in the price of the, of the cost. And, let me just tell you, folks, this is, you normally spend hundreds of dollars on this type of education, this type of a class, but uh, you can, you know, the Campaign for Liberty is sponsoring this class in the state of Utah for just 50 bucks, and might be even less than 50 bucks at this point. So you can come, you can spend all day, get lunch with that, and, and arm yourself with the information you need to get your politicians to do what you want them to do. You'll, you'll, you'll understand the real nature of politics, what politics really is, you will discuss the biggest lie in politics and how the political class uses your convictions against you. You're going to learn to work more effectively with deliberative bodies, whether it's at the Capitol or with your, your uh, school board district uh, or your city council, whatever, you know, wherever. It, you will become more effective at that, and you'll find that you can actually, you know, take over 
uh, your your town or your county or whatever. I mean, we've had a number of communities and and so forth here in Utah that basically retake their turf and become responsible. You know, for uh, you know, in other words, they 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 knock down tax increases, uh, they knock down laws that they didn't like, and you know, get the right people in those seats of power, statesman-like people, liberty-loving people in power, then any, all of these tax schemes and so forth, these ideas, these harebrained ideas that come along, you just knock them down. And, and then you, you find you, you, you have a city or a county or a school board district, whatever, that, that actually values liberty. And so that's a refreshing change. And so you can be part of it, folks. Uh, just go to liberty, campaignforliberty.org slash Utah. Uh, click the link there to register for this boot camp uh, and do it today. We are the, the, the seats are filling up, and, and we, if you want to be a part of this, then uh, please sign up today, Sam. And when we say to get the politicians to do what they want or what we want them to do and take over, and we want to make sure that language is very clear. What we're talking about is holding them to their oaths of office. We're not talking about getting them to do our bidding for some shenanigan or secret combination. We're talking about we want them to obey the rule of law. We want them to respect the checks and balances, and we want them to keep their oaths of office. And if they'll do it, great. If they won't do it, we will find somebody who is willing to to do that. And that's what we're talking about, right? That's right, Sam. Good point. I mean, if you want to look at the voting records of people who in your community have done exactly what we're describing, you can look at uh, Carlton Bowen, who's on City Council in American Fork, uh, Hans Anderson, City Council in Orem, Utah, uh, Paul Cousins on City Council in Cedar City, Utah, got uh, Casey Anderson, who uh, was uh, helped with in Iron County, basically changed Iron County into a liberty-loving county about five or six years ago. So, I mean, these are the types of things where uh, that we're talking about. People who get on these councils, these service districts, and uh, they vote the right way. They vote against tyranny, and they vote for individual freedom and, and you know, for peace and prosperity. Now, it's interesting that a lot of people believe that it's all over, that it's forgotten, that, you know, and I even fall into this trap oftentimes. There's just nobody willing to put their money where their mouth is for liberty. Kurt reminds us wisely that, you know what, there needs to be more of us for sure, but there are more than you think. There are a lot of tireless people doing a great, great job. And Kurt brings this up often, and it's important to remember and realize. Uh, Secondly, Lowell highlights several of these people now, and what we're looking for is a few more good men. And women, people who will, um, you know what, carry the ball, carry the legacy. We're looking to to educate folks and grow our ranks is what we're talking about. Because there are, uh, you know what, a lot of good people that are just tireless workers. Uh, But there needs to be a few more, Lowell. Well, as further evidence of that very point, Sam, it is the case that, you know, 20 years ago when I would attend a meeting of liberty-minded activists, I knew practically everybody who was there. I I just knew them by name because I... We had been meeting with them for so many years, but nowadays when I go to a liberty-oriented event, I don't know most of the people there, and that is very encouraging. That tells me we've got new blood coming in, got new people who are interested, new people wanting to learn the ropes when it comes to the sacred cause of liberty. Leadership School coming up a week from this Saturday on the 27th in Sandy, Utah. To learn more, go to campaignforliberty.org slash Utah. We got a follow up on INSTEX, an interesting money system challenging the United States worldwide. Details, Lowell Nelson, in seconds. Attention, Liberty News Radio listeners. 
Hard-hitting talk radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in America. Hard-hitting talk radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before. News the networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people. We invite all liberty-loving Americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote God, family, and country in the media and our lives. Please help spread the Liberty message with your generous donation. You can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online. Or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. That's libertynewsradio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. All right, we're talking to Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org. Check out the Leadership School, ladies and gentlemen, coming up the 27th. you got to attend in Sandy, Utah, campaignforliberty.org slash Utah. All right, following up on, and this is kind of a weird acronym. They usually had four-letter words. I'm sorry, four-letter acronyms there. <laughs> I want to say four-letter words when I think of half of them. A lot of them used to be three letters. Then they were four letters. Now they're like six letters. This was the I-N-S-T-E-X. All right, and that's at odds with SWIFT. So that was four letters. Uh, lol. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting uh play on words. This INSTEX uh, means Instrument in Support of Trade Exchanges. And uh, you remember from last week, we uh, I'll just read one paragraph from our discussion from last week. Uh, uh, you, uh, at the recently concluded G20 meeting in Tokyo, and, and by the way, G20 stands, what, what G20 means is there's, there's 19 countries plus the European Union. They just, they meet to talk about financial matters global stability, global financial stability, I mean, those kinds of things. And so at the G20 meeting, most recently concluded there in Tokyo, okay, got this meeting going on, uh, Britain, France, and Germany announced that the special trade mechanism that they've been working on this year is now up and running. It is called INSEX, the Instrument in Support of Trade Exchanges. And it will permit companies in Europe to do business with countries like Iran, avoiding American sanctions by trading outside the SWIFT system, which is dollar-denominated and de facto controlled by the U.S. Treasury. End of quote. You know, from that paragraph from that discussion we had last week, Sam. Now, SWIFT stands for this. It stands for 
Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. That's Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication, SWIFT. And the thing about SWIFT is that basically the U.S. Treasury influences SWIFT in, you know, basically tells it what to do, even though the SWIFT claims that it's not influenced by external entities. But it's the, the baby that enables uh, financial institutions to send and receive information about financial transactions in a secure, standardized environment. But since the dollar serves as the world reserve currency, turns out that SWIFT facilitates the international dollar system. So, of course, SWIFT and the dollar dominance, it gives the U.S. a lot of leverage over other countries. And to just give you an idea of how much influence the U.S. has on SWIFT and how much influence SWIFT has on other countries, let's note this. Let's note that the two biggest threats to the banking sector in Russia are being cut off from the SWIFT banking messaging system and losing access to foreign currency, which they usually get from U.S. banks via correspondent accounts. And, and what we're saying here is that many, many countries use SWIFT. And uh, this article found at 10thAmendmentCenter.com uh, that I'm, that I'm uh, you know, just picking some highlights from uh, is talking about the fact that there's a number of countries that, that have wanted to get their money back out of SWIFT, and they've been denied. Well, why? Because the U.S. Treasury influences SWIFT to make these denials which makes them so they can't get their money out of SWIFT, and that is basically an economic weapon that the U.S. is using against other countries. And so the bottom line here is that because the U.S. is using SWIFT as a billy club to bludgeon these countries into doing what the U.S. wants done, these countries are fighting back. You've got Britain, France, and Germany, and other you know, formerly friendly countries to the U.S. fighting back, and they have now developed insects, which will allow them to to, to trade for uh, uh, goods and services with countries like Iran without facing the U.S. penalties, uh, you know, from the U.S. Treasury and so forth. And so that's really the bottom line. Now, let me throw uh, a little bit of tidbit in here so people get this a little bit. What we're saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, is SWIFT is a mechanism. It's a digital trading apparatus globally okay swift stands for society for worldwide interbank financial telecommunication but what it really does let's not get caught up in the words it is the wire mechanism of the world okay and most folks don't know about swift because if you even wire money in the united states all you do is give them your routing number Okay, and you give them your bank account number, and then people can wire money to you or send money to you via these digital systems the banking cartels have put together. Well, just so you know, if you ever wire internationally, you run into SWIFT. If you don't wire internationally, you never know about SWIFT. But uh, when you wire internationally, you have to use what's called a SWIFT code. Every bank has a SWIFT code. Well, let me back up when I say every bank. Um, the big banks, the cartel banks have SWIFT codes. A lot of the small banks can't provide the SWIFT codes and can't literally do these international transactions either uh, because this is part of the control mechanism. they got to go through some of these big controllable banks and then filter down to some of these small banks eventually. But a lot of these smaller um, banks and uh, oh other institutions that are like banks, credit unions and all these kind of things, uh, many of them don't even have the ability to trade internationally through the SWIFT system. Uh, and I bring that up because most people have never ran into SWIFT. They're thinking, what are you guys talking about? I'm telling you that SWIFT 
is the international wire mechanism by which all funds run through. Well, these countries are so sick of the United States using SWIFT as the billy club, literally controlling money, seizing money, etc., that they created this new payment system called Instex, or I-N-S-T-E-X, as a basically a challenger to SWIFT. And imagine the whole world saying, America's got a monopoly on this. We want competition. Imagine, and the Americans are going, oh, no. Government bureaucrats in America are going, oh, no. We don't want any competition. We want a monopoly. Well, the days of the monopoly are over, lol. You got that right, Sam. And these- anyway, I wanted to help people understand a little bit about SWIFT and how you would interact with it, because most people have never even heard of SWIFT. Good point, and I'm glad you did. That's very uh, a good description. I, I love it. And, and so now these countries are beginning to double down on their gold holding. And that's the next article in line here. That now, before you get there, the only reason I know about SWIFT is because I do send money via wire internationally. And I've run into this over the years. It's like, hey, do you got your SWIFT number? And I'm like, no, what the heck's that? <laughs> and, and then I got to go hunt to the bank and I call the bank and half the people at the bank don't know what a SWIFT number is. And by the time I get to like five supervisors up, somebody goes, oh, well, it's right here. Well, thank you. All I need is a SWIFT number. And so it is not really um, – transparent to the American people. They don't really ever run into it hardly. It's very unique people uh, in the upper financial trading worlds that find out about it. Now, I'm not in the upper financial world necessarily, uh, but I do have reason to trade, uh, you know, or send money and receive money internationally. And that's how I ran into it and how I know so much about it. I don't know everything about it, but I do know from a user point of view, it is the international apparatus by which money is wired around the world. Uh, And with that in mind, though, this big, Whatever you want to say, competition has now been set up. Now you've got the Ford and Chevy of the international wiring system uh, online. And the fact is the U.S. uses the dollar as a foreign policy weapon. And that's what these countries are so angry about, Lowell. That's right. And, and, and we like competition. Competition benefits the consumers every case, every time. And, and that's why a monopoly is, is, you know, like SWIFT is, it, it, it angers the other countries because they can't do what they want to do, right? I mean, if you're France and you want to buy some oil from Iran, then normally you would, you know, direct your Swiss bankers to move money from your account to the, uh, Iran's account in exchange for the oil, a tanker full of oil, right? Well, if Swiss denies, if U.S. Uh, you know puts pressure on Swiss and says don't allow Iran to sell any oil. And what that means is that when France <clears throat> puts in a payment request to move money to Iran's bank account, the SWIFT bank account, in exchange for this oil, SWIFT denies the transaction. It says, yeah, we're, we're not going to allow that, you know, because of these sanctions, U.S. US sanctions on, on Iranian oil. We're not going to allow you to, to buy oil from Iran. And so France is then wondering, well, how am I going to get oil? And, and France, not just France, I'm talking all these other countries. I mean, every, every country in the world needs oil. <clears throat> and if they can't buy it from Iran, where are they going to get it? But they can't use SWIFT. And so that's where, that's where this thing is born. This index is born out of the need for these countries to, to, to purchase oil. And Iran has oil and is willing to sell it to them. And they, they don't want to, to, to be using a system where they're denied access to the very resources they need and are willing to pay for. Well, and here's, here's the, in my opinion, the details. This is the beginning of the end of the U.S. dollar dominance reality. This is the end of the petrodollar for the United States. They may hate it. They may get mad. They may bully 
you know, and they may even delay it with their bullying. But I'm telling you that this is the beginning of the end. Once this competition has been inserted, once these other nations build this apparatus, um, then the question is who controls what? And, and I'm telling you, the battle for dominance is on. And what this eventually is going to mean, ladies and gentlemen, is eventually the United States will have to jettison the U.S. dollar over this. Okay? You cannot use the dollar as a foreign policy weapon forever. Competition will prevail. And when it does, then the battle's on. Still trust London with your gold? That question answered in seconds. Lowell Nelson with us. Campaignforliberty.org. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Barry continues to weaken, but the storm now a tropical depression is still posing a danger to Mississippi and Louisiana. Parts of those states could, over the next day, get as much as six to eight more inches of rain. President Trump doubling down on telling some Democratic Congresswomen to go back to their countries. The president saying on Twitter that the Democrats call their adversaries racist when called out, but he said they stick up for people who speak badly of this country and shouldn't be allowed to go unchallenged. All but one of the four women he was talking about were born in the United States. And one of them, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, responds, I want you to know that you belong, that this is our country, and no amount of hate-filled bullying from the White House is going to change that. USA Radio News. It is a horrible scenario, but it happens. Dennis writes about his wife. She was diagnosed with leukemia. In fact, she's a two-time survivor. And in the midst of all that, they ran up over a million dollars in medical bills. Thankfully, they're MediShare members. And Dennis says they are so thankful for that, how others came together to meet their needs. And that's how so many MediShare members feel. This is not health insurance. It's different. You don't have to pay for things you don't believe in. And like Dennis found out, it just works. So if you join MediShare, not only do you save a lot of money, the typical family saves about 500 bucks a month, but you know where your money's going each month. You're helping people, and if the time should come, they'll be helping and even praying for you. So, yes, it's different, and as more than 400,000 people now know, when it comes to health care costs, different is beautiful. Find out more. Call 833 34 Bible. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Sex offender and multi-billionaire investor Jeffrey Epstein has a bail hearing today in New York City. His lawyers asking for his release on $77 million bail by putting up his Upper East Side mansion. The 66-year-old hedge fund manager currently being held without bail after his arrest on new accusations that he abused dozens of girls in his New York and Florida homes. Iran's president says his side would be willing to hold talks with the United States if the U.S. lifts sanctions and rejoins the 2015 nuclear deal. President Hassan Rouhani saying that his country has always believed in negotiations, but he stipulated Washington would need to ratchet down the economic pressure from the harsh sanctions imposed after President Trump withdrew the U.S. from that Obama-era agreement. Today is Amazon Prime Day 2019, and this is USA Radio News. 
promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, Lowell Nelson with us, campaignforliberty.org, riding shotgun. We're talking about an incredible column. You still trust London with your gold, Lowell? Uh, this is posted at lourockwell.com, and um, talking about the, what the countries are now doing when, in, in response to this new development of insects. Uh, I think as they are seeing the handwriting on the wall, that's, that's my perception of what they're doing. They're seeing that the demise of the dollar is now certain, that the, the beginning of the end, as you call it, for the, for the dominance of the dollar is the world reserve currency. And so they're preparing themselves and their countries for the economic fallout, which will surely ensue. What's happening? Well, Poland is repatriating gold from overseas. Uh, uh, central banks all over the world have been stocking up on gold in recent years, shifting away from the U.S. dollar. Uh, the National Bank of Poland has bought 100 tons of, of gold since the beginning of this year, right? That's six months, and that's nearly four times more than it added to its reserves in 2018. So that's what Poland is doing. In recent months, the Bank of England has refused to return 14 tons of gold belonging to Venezuela. You might remember that we discussed this, I don't know, four or six months ago. Venezuela wanted their gold back so that they could alleviate the suffering of their people in their country and obtain necessary commodities, food, water, medicine, and so forth. And the Bank of England refused to allow them to, to, to repatriate their gold. And uh, this is, again, due to U.S. sanctions on Venezuela. Well, the Bank of England has also kept a reported 80 tons of Australian gold for years, and the U.K. regulator has not allowed the Australian capital city to, to carry out a proper audit of its bullion holding. Now, that, that stinks to high heaven. I think they probably don't have the bullion in place. That's probably why they don't allow it to be audited, but that gets, gets neither here nor there. Bullion purchases, Sam, by central banks has been pushing the price of the precious metal to a six-year high in June, that's just last month, amid global uncertainties. China has been hiking its gold holdings for seven months now in a row, buying 10.3 ton in June, in addition to almost 74 tons it purchased in the six previous months through May of this year. Meanwhile, Russia has also boosted its bullion reserves, adding 78 tons of gold to its coffers in the first five months of this year. And so what we're seeing here, Sam, is country after country, Poland, Venezuela, Russia, England, Australia, they are repatriating their gold. They're, they're trying to get their gold back in their own vaults, in their own coffers, because they recognize this handwriting on the wall. And in the words of Peter Schiff, uh, he says this, he says, the days where the dollar is the reserve currency are numbered, and we're going back to basics. He says gold was money in the past, and it will be money again in the future, and central banks that are smart enough to read the writing on the wall are increasing their gold reserves now. Sam? This is a serious, serious discussion. And I think most folks don't understand that the United States uses the dollar, the fake fiat, you know, United States dollar as a global weapon. And you know what? Peter Schiff says the days where the dollar is the reserve currency, are numbered. 
We're going back to basics. Gold was money in the past. Gold will be money again in the future. And banks that are savvy get it. And that's why the Russians are talking about backing their currency by gold. That's why this challenge to the SWIFT system uh, is ramping up now. And Donald Trump doubles down and reminds us that America is a military nation. Uh, What's the inference here? You don't go along with SWIFT and our money system, and we're going to war, buddy. Now, Donald, I don't know if he even understands that, but the hawk folks around him certainly do, whether Donald gets it or not, Lowell. That's right, Sam. We haven't always been a military nation. We weren't that way in the beginning. We started out as a limited government republic of uh, independent sovereign states. Uh, We depended upon our militia for our defense. And uh, this transition into a military nation has has really happened over the past five to ten decades. I mean, it's a fairly recent development. And we are doing it mainly nowadays to prop up the petrodollar, as we have discussed in the past. But I just thought it was helpful, Sam, to talk about the signers of the Declaration, the writers of the Constitution, for just a moment here. At, at one time, they were not Americans. I mean, you know, I, I look back. I, I, I look back at the 1770s, the 1760s, the 1750s, and I think of those people as Americans. But you know what? They were British citizens, <laughs> when you think about it. They were every bit as British as Americans today are Americans. And so, you know, we, we, we praise the signers of the Declaration as patriots, but I guarantee you, Sam, that their government, their king, King George III, and, and members of Parliament did not consider them to be patriots. Instead, they considered them to be terrorists, criminals, traitors. I mean, that's how they viewed these people that and we sadly, that's what the American United States is starting to think of us as. <laughs> sadly true. Uh, and the British troops, I mean, imagine the pressure from the Parliament and from the uh, colonial government, the pressure put off by these organizations on the citizens of these colonists, basically, to support the troops, right? They were called, they were called to support the troops, the British troops, and put down these 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 uh, uprisings from these colonial uh, traitors who want to destroy our, you know, empire, right? And and we see the very same thing today, just like you pointed out, Sam. We've got the government saying, support the troops and whatever they're doing, support your, you know, uh, the, the troops in their military actions when, in fact, they are out to, to put down liberty instead of promoting uh, uh, liberty. And sadly, anybody that doesn't support the troops under every circumstance is considered somehow uh, not faithful, not loyal, not honorable. Uh, how dare you, um, you know, not stand with the troops um, when it isn't really about the troops. It's about the fundamental principles of peace versus war. We are not or we're not intended to be a military nation. We are intended to be a Christian nation, a light upon a hill, leading by peace and prosperity and and um, negotiations. And, well, James Madison, for example, a standing military force with an overgrown executive will not be long safe companions to liberty. In other words, you cannot have this hawkish president just running around going to war or we're in trouble on the liberty front. And that principle is the point that the founding fathers taught and hammered home. They did not want a standing army. They didn't believe a standing army was uh, valuable at all. In fact, it was a danger. And they understood that. Just ask the Commonwealth of Virginia in 1788 to make the point, Lowell. 
They, they said that standing armies in time of peace are dangerous to liberty. And then Patrick Henry, he said, the means of defense against foreign danger have always been the instruments of tyranny at home. Among the Romans, there was a standing maxim uh, to excite a war whenever a revolt was apprehended. And throughout all Europe, the armies kept up under the pretext of defending have enslaved the people. And that's why the British revolutionaries, I'm calling these the, the, the founding fathers, the founding generation, I'm talking about Patrick Henry, Sam Adams, George Washington, and so forth, I'm calling them right here. And in this context, British revolutionaries, because that's what they were at the moment. At that time, the 1750s, 60s, and 70s, George Wythe and all those guys, they were British subjects. And so I'm calling them the British revolutionaries, but they absolutely refused to, to support the Redcoats, their own troops. On the contrary, they chose to shoot and kill those troops. They wanted the troops to surrender, return to England, so they could establish their own nation right here that would not be a military nation like the one against which they were rebelling. Right? That's the important point. They did not believe in a standing military, and yet all around them... In fact, the Constitution prohibits a standing military for more than two years. That's exactly right. The colonists, they had redcoats coming into their homes, co- being quartered in their homes and villages and colonies, they, they, and, and they had writs of, a, uh, of, of assistance, basically allowing the redcoats to come in and search their premises for every, anything and everything. They didn't have to spec- be specific about what they were searching for. They didn't even have to have warrant signed by a third-party magistrate. I mean, none of these things. And so the standing army was so destructive of liberty that the framing generate the founding generation forbade of a standing army in our constitution it's there and yet what do we have today we have a standing army and that's one of the and not only do we have a standing army but we really have a standing army all around the world not only in the united states threatening our liberty at peacetime but we're in over 130 nations militarily speaking we've got a standing army everywhere and, and it's destructive of liberty. I mean, you look around, we're in a surveillance state. Our phone calls, our, tel- our, our radio shows, our emails, all of this is under surveillance and is being stored in, on, in uh, databases uh, by the NSA, uh, one of which is a data center right here in, um, in Lehigh, Utah, uh, sorry, Bluffdale, Utah. And so we are in deep uh, doo-doo, folks. Quick pause, ladies and gentlemen. U.S. foreign policy is a war on disobedience. Coming up. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at UPMA.org. That's UPMA.org. 
So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Talk Right, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right, all the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. Talk Right makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download Talk Right today from Google Play or the App Store. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, back with you live, Lowell Nelson, Kurt Crosby, Sam Bushman. U.S. foreign policy is a war on disobedience, Lowell. This uh, comes to us from LouRockwell.com. Uh, our journalist, Caitlin Johnstone, who is just reviewing an essay by Tom Englehart, in which Englehart criticizes the mainstream media's description of, quote-unquote, disobedient nations who provoke the United States. And there's just one article, one paragraph from this entire article. That's a great article. You should go to LouRockwell.com and read the whole thing. But just one paragraph, which really struck me, and I just felt like we had to speak it out here today. Um, it, it basically, it, it, it illustrates the hypocrisy uh, of our mainstream media in their description of countries around the world and what they do. So here's the, art, here's the paragraph. So, quote, so here's the strange thing. On a planet on which in 2017 U.S. Special Ops Forces deployed to 149 countries or approximately 75% of all nations, on which the U.S. has perhaps 800 military garrisons outside its own territory, on which the U.S. Navy patrols most of its oceans and seas, on which U.S. unmanned aerial drones conduct assassination strikes across a surprising range of countries, and on which the U.S. has been fighting wars as well as more minor conflicts for years on end from Afghanistan to Libya, Syria to Yemen, Iraq to Niger, in a century in which it chose to launch full-scale invasions of two countries, Afghanistan and Iraq, it is, uh, is it truly reasonable never to identify the U.S. as an aggressor anywhere? <laughs> End of quote. I mean... Yeah, even if it's the truth? <laughs> you know... It, it, it's amazing, Sam. You look at all these articles being published by the mainstream media, and they they frame like the the, the recent uh, things with Iran. They frame it as though as though Iran you know is provoking this war, <laughs> as, as as though Iran is the aggressor. It's, it's just so incredibly hypocritical to me. And 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 here's one other example of that. U.S. foreign policy against Iran, right? Last year, we backed out of the deal with Iran, and we forced the Europeans to violate their deal. And basically, 
uh, and now we're accusing Iran for exceeding the limit. They have a 300-kilogram stockpile of low-enriched uranium limit, okay? They, they cannot hold in their country more than 300 kilograms of this low-enriched uranium. Well, why did they exceed that limit? Well, the media would have you believe that they're doing it because they have nefarious uh, motives. They want to, you know, launch a nuclear bomb or something somewhere, right? The real story is that the U.S. sanctions any country that takes uranium off Iranian hands. So they can't, they can't sell their uranium to any of the, the countries, else those countries face sanctions from the United States, and yet the U.S. is now blaming Iran for having too much uranium, for exceeding their limit of 300 kilograms. I mean, it's crazy, Sam. The hypocrisy of the, of the mainstream media talking about the, the, you know, not calling the U.S. the aggressor ever, ever. They never call the United States the aggressor. And yet the evidence is just manifold. And you can watch how they wordsmith this. You can watch how they wordsmith this too, Lowell. They can't call the United States the aggressor because their rules and guidelines as journalists won't let them. But they, what they try to do is make Donald look like the aggressor and America look um, sane. Yeah, I can see that happening. They want to portray they want to portray Trump as the wild man, as the aggressor, and and, and but but they they do it in a way. I mean, Ron Paul has a great article um, on campaignforliberty.org entitled "Frog Marching Trump Toward War on Iran." Now, I didn't I didn't mention that in in my uh, in my notes to you uh, last night, Sam. But it is really a great. Um, it's another great column by Ron Paul, and he spends, you know, every day, every weekday, he's, he's, he's got a program on, he's talking about uh, international politics, he's talking about this kind of a thing, and so when he says something, I mean, he really knows what he's talking about. And we've got Pompeo and John Bolton, all these guys, that they're frog-marching Trump towards a war with Iran, and, 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 and for, you know, bless our lucky stars, Trump so far has refused to, to, to launch a war against them, and uh, I just hope that we, the people, can continue. Every time we talk to our congressmen, we need to, 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 to insist that they do not allow Trump to, to, to go to war against Iran. We do not uh, face a serious enemy in Iran. Iran's friendly to us, and they are not. They're just... Uh, it's just crazy, Sam. I don't understand why everybody believes this line that Iran's the most dangerous exporter of terrorism. I'll tell you why. Because we've had the media propagandize Americans for so long. They don't know the truth. They don't know what's going on, and they believe the media. And look, Donald Trump has had 75 years of propaganda by the media. He knows they're an enemy, but he still runs around and tells you that we want to promote a democracy and the U.S. dollar is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, look, I don't know how to boil it down. The president of the United States, who's sworn an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution from enemies, foreign and domestic, the leader of the free world, the leader of the greatest economy and the greatest military in the world, okay, who, who swears an oath to the founding father-esque viewpoint of checks and balances and separations of powers and honest money and, and a constitutional republic, if you can keep it, wisely warned the founders. He swears an oath, and then he runs around promoting a democracy and promoting fake money Fake money is really bad unless it's my fake money, then it's good. Okay, and, and I'm telling you, isn't that the crux of the discussion? I think it is, Sam. 
The fake money got us into hot water, and now we are boiling like a frog because we can't, uh, no longer can we bully all the rest of the countries in the world to use U.S. dollars to purchase oil. That's really what it boils down to, in my opinion. And uh, we, I, I, I welcome, I, you know, I, I, I know it's going to be tough. We're going to go through a, a really tough time in the near future uh, with the demise of the dollar, but by golly, if that's going to get us back to sound money and it's going to uh, stop the killing and maiming and destruction of our brothers and sisters around the world, then I am all for it, Sam, even though it's going well, to Well, I, I pray that that's what it'll do, but I doubt it. You know, the socialists have promoted democracy. Donald runs around and says, hey, we reject socialism. We'll never be a socialist nation. Hurrah, hooray for the democracy. Well, they're one and the same, folks, is the problem uh, with the argument. See, that's the deception that's been going on via the media for literally our whole lifetimes and more. But we want to switch gears and end on a good news piece. Hanging out with AR-15s, good guys with guns are good things every time, lol. I love how you put that, Sam, that uh, bad things are, you know, bad guys are, bad guys with guns are always stopped by good guys with guns, or however you say that. Uh, you know, I, the sentiment is spot on. And this story comes uh, out of LouRockwell.com. This uh, homeowner with an AR-15 repels four armed in, uh, four armed uh, burglars, basically. What? What the deal was, what the story is, that the, this homeowner was, uh, was awakened one evening. Uh, well, maybe he hadn't gone to bed quite yet, but some people banging on his door, and they were pleading for help with their automobile. seemed to be broken down outside his door. Well, he lives way out in the country, uh, and, and for them to be broken down by outside his door is a little bit strange. And he, but basically, he, he wouldn't let them into his house, and he says, sorry. I'm, um, I'm disabled, and I can't help you. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to find somebody else to help you. And then he went to bed, and, and the next thing he knew, he was awakened by a loud crash, and uh, he, re- he realized the fact that his door, had, his front door had been broken into, and, and he had a gun in AR-15 by his bedside, and uh, coming down the hallway were these two thugs. There were actually four thugs total, but two of them were coming down the hallway at him, they were armed. They had weapons out, and uh, so he shot and uh, at them and and killed two of them. And he took some shot himself. I mean, he was wounded. They and he's going to be okay apparently, but he was uh, wounded in the gut uh, by one of the shots that the burglars fired. But uh, and 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 so I, I I don't know. I just you know I this story to me, Sam, is both sad. And it's also admirable. Why is it sad? Well, you feel bad for the plight of the young men who resort to violence to, 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 to take property, right? I mean, I don't want anybody to die. I don't care if he's a burglar or a criminal or whatever. I mean, everybody deserves the chance to, to repent. But if your life is endangered and your property is endangered by a criminal armed with a weapon, then you, you only have a choice to preserve your own life by shooting, by firing, by, by killing the assailant. That's what you do. And so that's the admirable part about this story. I think that this man, number one, was armed. He was exercising his right to protect his own life with a weapon. And he used that weapon. That's admirable. Now, let's and, be clear, too. They always call those AR-15s assault weapons, but in this case, it was a kill-me-not, wasn't it? It was definitely a kill-me-not. I mean, he preserved his life, Sam, because he had an AR-15, and he used it with courage that night. 
And uh, yeah. But- Bottom line is, good guys with guns are making America great again, sir. <laughs> That's right. Good guys with guns, they solve problems when it comes to bad guys with guns. You know, and, and it's a tragedy that this is even necessary. I concur with Lowell. But it is a good news story because understanding we have a God-given unalienable right of self-defense. That is codified by our right to keep and bear arms, folks. And understand that's a principle of America. And I'm telling you, if we want to make America great again, or if we want to keep America great, whatever term you like to use for that, you need to return to the Founding Father-esque understanding that not only will guns protect you uh, in your castle, in your home, uh, not only can you use a, a kill-me-not, a rape-me-not, a rob-me-not to defend your family and loved ones, wife and children, and uh, etc., it's important to understand that we, if we're an armed citizenry, we don't need a standing army in America or anywhere else in the world for that matter. And that's kind of what I want to end on today with Lowell Nelson. This is a battle about honest money. This is a battle about going back to the father, founding father-esque understanding of who we are and what we stand for. Rather than being a nation that forces everybody onto our fake currency, rather than be a nation that uses the military might around the world to enforce that, we need to come back and be a diplomatic nation of peace. We need to become a God-ordained light on a hill, using the checks and balances to keep America great and to share the principles of liberty and how to preserve liberty and how to have the proper role of limited, I'm going to say that again, limited constitutional government. We can teach that to other nations around the world, and that's what we intend to be about on Liberty Roundtable Live. Lowell, final words yours, sir. I pray for peace every night, Sam. pray that the leaders of the world will look for amicable solutions to the problems they face and not oppress their own people, and not oppress other peoples uh, outside of their own country. It just it makes me heart sick to know that our country, the United States, is blockading the port city of Hodeida, causing mass starvation among the people of Yemen. We, we Amen to that. People. All I can say, Lowell, final word, this reminds me of Larry the Cable Guy. Good guys with guns. Get her done. Thank you, sir. <laughs> You're welcome, Sam. All right, Lowell Nelson doing a phenomenal job. Uh, Scott Bradley's out of town, so next hour it'll just be Sam and Kurt breaking down the news that I should be used to use. Kurt's got Jeffrey Epstein top, front, and center, so we'll chat about him a bit and a whole lot more. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, where God, family, and country, where the protection of life, liberty, and property takes center stage every day on your radio. Except for on Sundays, we rest as the good Lord asks us to. All right, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. LibertyRoundtable.com.